how did I manage to get here when everyone else I know back from my former community who was forced into a marriage, they're all still trapped in it. And most people can't even conceive of escaping, let alone getting to a point where they can buy their own house. And that it was that moment at the closing for this Palais de, de Triomphe that I decided I was going to found an organization to help others escape forced marriages. And that was when the idea for Unchained at Last first began. Welcome to season four of Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. This season, we'll be talking with some fierce female leaders about things we really care about, including the gender gap and social justice. We hope that these conversations spark your passion and sense of agency to affect positive change. Are you ready? Episode 12, Things We Care About, Ending Forced and Child Marriage. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Hey, Liv. Hey. Well, it's not election day, not election week, but election season. Woo, woo. We got we got through the election day. I know you've been putting in a lot of work. I know our family believes profoundly in the importance of civic engagement. I know you were door knocking and working the polls. So congrats to you and, and congrats on getting through it. And um, I think it's it's appropriate to celebrate. There were a lot of historic firsts in this election season. Yeah, you know me, I had all of the like a live election update tabs on my open on my computer all election day. And something that really stuck out to me was the headlines that were rolling in. Um, they were, I mean, it's it's incredible to see how many firsts we had this election. We had the first member of Gen Z um, in, from Florida elected to Congress. We had the first uh, female Black Secretary of State in Connecticut. Um, we had the first Black woman elected to Congress in um, my current state of Pennsylvania. The list goes on and on and on. It's truly incredible to see how much more diverse on all sides of the political aisle that we've gotten in this past election. Yeah, no, I love it. Representation matters. Um, still no Black women in the Senate, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you are a political junkie, though. And I would say <laughs> our family group chat around at 2 a.m. They, they would think we are a very crazy family. And the problem is, is that the, the group chats go like during the day, everyone's engaging. But then in election night, my college students are posting in the group chat like around 2, 3 a.m. And then I wake up at 6 a.m. and I start. And, and then <laughs> it's just constant. Yeah. Now. Yeah, but it's, it's, um, nearly a twenty four seven group chat, but yeah, it's it's fun family bonding. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, you know, uh, rep representation matters, and there's a lot of people that just got elected that are going to mm -hmm. change the game. And today's sure. guest is changing the game, so I can't wait mm -hmm. um, to get into this interview. So let's do it. Frady Reese is the founder of Unchained at Last, the only nonprofit in the U.S. dedicated to helping women and girls escape arranged and forced marriages. Through Unchained, Frady has helped hundreds of survivors across the U.S. to escape forced marriages, and she now leads a growing national movement to end child marriage in every U.S. state and at the federal level. Welcome to Confident, Frady. It's such an honor to have you here today. Um, 
we recently met through one of our Live Girl advisors, Ann Buell, and she told me about the incredible work you're doing. And so I can't wait to get into this interview. But let's just start from the very beginning because you yourself, this this work is personal for you. Um, you yourself are a survivor of forced marriage. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, and first I have to say, it is such an honor to be here and I'm so glad that Anne introduced us and very flattered that she said that I remind her of you. And now that I've met you, I know what a deep compliment that was. So Aww, thank you for your good words. And I feel the absolute same. It's, it's an honor to, to be compared to you, Freddy. Well, thank you. Yeah, so in answer to your question, you're right. This is very personal for me. I founded Unchained at Last out of my own traumatic experience. I grew up in New York City, in Brooklyn, in a very insular religious community, forced to marry at a young age, and forced, unfortunately, to marry a stranger who turned out to be violent, and then trapped in this abusive, violent marriage for 15 years, during which time I had no sexual or reproductive rights. I was required to have unprotected sex with my husband and therefore forced to have two children without my consent. I had no financial rights, not allowed to have my own money or bank account or job or credit card and limited legal rights. I wasn't even allowed to divorce my husband under religious law in that community. Only he as a man could divorce me. And when I finally managed, despite all this, to escape from my this abusive marriage with my two daughters, my family retaliated by shunning me. They declared me dead. And out of that traumatic experience, recognizing how difficult it was for me to get out and to rebuild my life, I found it unchained at last to help others who are in the same situation. So first, I just want to say, pretty. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you went through that and thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing your story with us. And obviously your story has compelled and inspired you to start this national movement and now is helping so many others. It's just, this is incredible. And it's just really about the power of one. Um, and so I just, but truly from the bottom of my heart, I just wanna say thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you for giving me this platform. It's so important for stories like mine to be made public and for people to know if they are in this situation that they deserve help and they can get help. Yeah, that's so true. And it's it really is such a story of resilience and it is incredible and inspiring that you've been able to take this and help so many people with it. We know that you started to speak out on this issue of forced and child marriage in 2011. Um, and, and, and so maybe just tell us how you found the power of, of your voice. For me, I found it Unchained at last in 2011 as a way to help others. For me, it was in a moment of what I think perhaps looking back was survivor's guilt. I, at that point, had become financially independent enough that I was able to buy a small house for myself and my two daughters after I had escaped from my abusive forced marriage and my family had shunned me. I was alone in the world with two daughters who, little kids who were relying on me. It was a terrifying experience. And I was finally at a point where I felt that I had rebuilt my life and had achieved a, a level of financial and emotional independence that I had thought was were impossible and or that I had thought was impossible. After I, I bought the house or actually at the closing for the house. And by the way, the house is a little, you're looking at it now. <laughs> it's a little Cape Cod 
and modest, nothing fancy, but it was such a triumphant moment for me and my daughters when I bought the house that we named it the Palais de Triomphe. And at the closing for the house, it was such an emotional experience and such a triumphant moment and also all the survivor's guilt. How did I manage to get here when everyone else I know back from my former community who was forced into a marriage, they're all still trapped in it. And most people can't even conceive of escaping, let alone getting to a point where they can buy their own house. And that it was that moment at the closing for this Palais de, de Triomphe that I decided I was going to found an organization to help others escape forced marriages. And that was when the idea for Unchained at Last first began. And at first I thought it would be something small. I thought I wrote a business plan that said we would help five women the first year, 10 women the second year. I assumed I was working full time and I'm a single mom with two kids. So I assume this is something that would take a couple of hours a week on the side in addition to my job. Who doesn't have an extra two hours a week to devote? But by the end of the first year, we had 30 clients and it became very clear this wasn't something that was going to be two hours a week. So, Freddie, we only recently met, but I already know that nothing you do is small in size. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very large, important impact on everything in your life. And what a great name for your house. And I just want to reflect on something you said You earlier. You thanked us for, for letting you use this platform to share your story. And then you, as you went on, you talked about how early on you felt so alone. And I can't think of a more important story to be on this platform because there are too many women out there in this situation and who have been abused um, by their by their partners. Um, so to know that they're not alone and that there's other people out there who have gone through this and that there is help available. I mean, it's just such an incredible, I mean, I can't think of anything better, a more important story for this platform. So thank you. Yeah, and the knowledge that at that moment when you can't even imagine escaping to actually imagine achieving a happy life after escaping, it just seems so far-fetched. So I hope somebody out there who's listening is thinking, well, maybe maybe there is hope. Yeah, so from your initial work, um, you have also been working on legislative efforts, which is incredible. I mean, not just helping individual women, which of course is so important, but also you are working state by state to eliminate child marriage. Uh, could you tell us about your advocacy efforts? Sure, and to explain, first of all, how that came about, when I first founded Unchained, the goal was to help individuals to escape forced marriage. And I, I assume these would be women who were in or facing a forced marriage, meaning a marriage in which one or both parties do not give full free consent and we would help them escape, rebuild their lives. It's a huge deal. The survivors we work with, when they reach out, often they need help literally escaping. We help them with that. And then every aspect of their life that they need to rebuild, we help them work with them on giving them all kinds of financial services, emotional support, legal services, always for free to help them achieve financial and emotional independence. But what happened was more and more girls under 18 started reaching out to us at Unchained to ask for the same help we were providing to adults. Now at Unchained, we've served more than 850 survivors to help them escape a forced marriage. And when it's an adult, we're almost always able to help them. It's never easy, but 
we're almost always able to achieve a positive outcome. When these children started reaching out to us, these girls who were under the age of 18, as young as 13 years old, reaching out, there's almost nothing we can do for them. They have limited legal rights. Typically, a minor before age 18 is not even allowed to leave home to escape from a forced marriage or to escape from an abusive spouse. And if we as advocates help them, in many states, we can be charged criminally for our part. So what we realized was the only way to help them was to change the law and to make the law, to set the marriage age at 18, no exceptions in all 50 states, so that you have to be old enough to be allowed to file for divorce, leave home, get into a domestic violence shelter, basic rights. You need to have those before you can be entered into a marriage. And that was when we started this national movement to end child marriage. At the time, it was legal in all 50 US states wow. when I first founded Unchained at Last. And we have been going slowly but surely. And in the last few years, we've been able to help change the law in seven US states to make the marriage age 18, no exceptions. And that means we have only 43 states to go. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I'm sitting here thinking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what we learned from her, how we mm -hmm. need to change the law to, to create a world, a more just world. So it's incredible. And I know you're coming to Connecticut next um, to, to, to put a law in place in Connecticut and Live Girl will be here cheering you on and amplifying and, and really getting our students involved in student-led advocacy in support of, of this bill. That is huge. We need allies like you and we need everyone. We need students, especially young people. Those are the ones we need them to rise up and say, we need you to change the law. What I always tell legislators is that when it comes to ending child marriage, making the marriage age 18, no exceptions, it's legislation that harms no one. It costs nothing and it ends a human rights abuse. The U.S. State Department calls marriage before 18 a human rights abuse. And yet we're having such a hard time getting legislators to pass this legislation. We need to stick together. We need to rise up together. And if I can just share, uh, it took us years at Unchained to get the first state to finally take the so-called drastic step of ending child marriage. And in a moment of frustration, before we got anyone to listen to us, we all promised that when the first U.S. state finally ended child marriage, we would all get tattoos to commemorate oh. the victory. <laughs> and I hope you don't mind. I'd like to show you my, my tattoo on my wrist. That's incredible. It's a broken chain. All of us, we kept our promise and we all have a broken chain theme tattoo to commemorate the victory in 2018, Delaware, which was the first state, became the first state to end child marriage. Well, yay, Delaware. Yeah. Thank you, Delaware, for your leadership. That's awesome. And this, I agree, yeah. this is a no-brainer. So let's keep going, Brady. We, we're we're going to get all the states. I know it. <laughs> we have a yeah. timeline for like, we're, how long, what's the goal? We can get legislation passed across the nation in how many years? Well, under the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the United States was one of 193 countries that promised to end child marriage by year 2030. So let's try to reach that. Let's yeah. reach that. Let's do it. <laughs> so, and I know recently you were on Hillary and Chelsea Clinton's docuseries Gutsy as one of the world's boldest and bravest women. Like, Liv, we're standing, we're talking to one of the world's yeah 
This is so cool. I mean, I, I can tell, right? <laughs> I, I want to hear all about that. Like, did you meet them and what were they like and how was that experience? It was an incredible experience. Yes, I had I had met them before. The docuseries was loosely based on the book that Hillary and Chelsea Clinton wrote in, what year was it? 2017. They wrote a book called The Book of Gutsy Women. I think it was in 2017. And so at that point, I had already been working with Chelsea Clinton for a few years at that point. She read an op-ed that I wrote in the Washington Post years ago and tweeted about it saying, can you believe child marriage is happening in our country? And I tweeted back at her and said, I can believe it because I'm the one who wrote that op-ed <laughs> and we need your help. Can you help? And she said, absolutely. And since then, she has been a great ally. So in, I guess, I think it was 2017, I got a call from someone on, on Chelsea Clinton's staff saying, Hillary and Chelsea Clinton are writing a book about women who inspire them, gutsy women who inspire them. Would it be okay if they included a chapter about you? And I said, hmm, let me think, would that be okay? Actually, my exact response was, oh my God, does this mean Hillary Clinton knows who I am? I cannot breathe right now. I wrote, <laughs> down, I wrote down my exact response because I thought it was important. And that was a really wonderful way to raise awareness of the issue. And then when that led to the docuseries, I got the phone call, hey, we're turning the book into a docuseries. Would it be okay if you were featured in it? And I said, huh, let me think. I think that would be okay. Well, yes, Hillary Clinton knows who you are and soon the world yeah. will because you mm -hmm. are you are the definition of gutsy. So that's that is so cool that you were included in that book in the docuseries. And I love the example of how you're tweeting with Chelsea Clinton and how really that's such a powerful example of how social media can be used for social good and to amplify and educate. Um, so that's, that's a really cool example, too. Yes, that was before Elon Musk bought Twitter. Let's see what happens now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Sorry to bring up such yeah. bad news during such a positive conversation. <laughs> and another aspect of you as an activist, I know that for me as a young activist, sometimes it, wait, like it's hard. Wait, you're an activist? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but uh, Freddie, just so you know, recently um, I'm just going through my mail and there's an update from her college and there was a commencement for the new president and it was disrupted by a group of protesters who were protesting the identification of West Philly and there's my daughter in the picture with her fist raised and I'm like so proud of her. Yep. <laughs> Olivia, you go girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, but yeah. That just, just like her mom. I love it. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I have the best role model. <laughs> but sometimes it is hard for me to be able to set aside time for self-care. I know that like I, I, I check the news like a lot. You know, I, I basically live on my news app and I feel like there's a lot of negativity and there's always, always things that I want to like get involved with and like like advocate for. But I know that I have to set aside time for self-care so I don't get burnt out. So what is your advice to people like me and, you know, other young activists about self-care? Unfortunately, I am the wrong person to ask about this <laughs> because you're saying self-care and my brain is immediately rejecting this. 
I have been known to say I'll rest when I'm dead. So yeah, just, I I think I'm just not the right person to ask for advice about this. I, I do think though, that when you're really passionate about something and you are really into it, I understand why self-care falls to the the bottom of the list. Don't be hard on yourself if that's what's happening. But of course, I completely recognize the importance of self-care. And I am very proud to say that very soon I'll be taking my first vacation since 2014. Oh, my God. Okay, there's some good self-care. The mom mom and me has to speak up right now and give both of you some self-care advice. Mm -hmm. First of all, I just want to say I agree, Freddie. There's nothing more phenomenal than a purpose-driven life. Um, but Freddie, I'm talking to you too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be mom you for a second. Every single day, you need like today was such a beautiful fall day that I took my laptop outside and turned my face up to the sun to get some vitamin D. And I what was still working, but at least I was like breathing and getting some of that beautiful fall sun. So Freddie, you need to take care of yourself too because this. <laughs> This is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you've got a lot of states yet to go, and I want you to. I want you to. I want you to breathe. I want you to read some poetry. I want you to take some nice walks out in the sun, feel the sun, because <laughs> you're doing such important work. Um, and I'm I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. Take care mm-hmm. of yourself, and Olivia. You know, I'll I'll continue my <laughs> lunch with you after this. <laughs> yes, mom. Okay. <laughs> Look, the, the good news is if that's what you're talking about in terms of self-care, that I do. I'm a runner. I go for a run early in the morning. I did my five-mile run. Oh, the weather this morning, glorious for a run. It was 38 degrees, spectacular. I did my five-mile run. So do I get points, Mom? You definitely get points for that. And it is, it is a challenge. I know, like, Olivia and I, like, sometimes you have to keep you know, self-care means keeping focused on the long game because, you know, there's always going to be bumps in the active activist road, or there's always going to be ups and downs. And you just have to give yourself grace when things aren't going your way and just take the long, the long view. So, um, but, but pheno- it's phenomenal, but uh, all three of us, we're giving a virtual <laughs> hug. It is the, the purpose driven life is, um, is, is, is just the right path to be taking. So it really isn't, I so love the work that I do. The fact that I actually am getting a paycheck to do this, it is almost absurd because I was doing this for years before I was getting a paycheck and I absolutely would have continued without it. It doesn't feel to me that I'm working too hard. It just feels to me like I'm living a purpose-driven life, as you said, Sherry. So, which I think is when it gets tough to remember to take some time for self-care because it doesn't even occur to me that I need it because it feels so... It's so joyful for me to be able to do this. There are a lot of lots of moments of aggravation when I have legislators turn to me and say, "What's so bad about a girl marrying her rapist?" This is by this is a real life example. I need you to know I did not make that one up. Or yeah. just I'm just an old fashioned kind of guy. I still believe if a girl gets pregnant, she has to get married, even if she was raped. Yeah, every time you hear that a little part of you dies inside. It's tough. Yeah, that is very tough. And I do admire your resilience. I mean, from day one to now, it is truly, truly an incredible story that you are sharing and that you're helping the world with. Well, Freddie, I could talk to you all day because you are one gutsy lady. Um, But (laughs) 
to close uh, the podcast, we always like to end with some fun questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So I'll start with the first one. Who is your activist role model, if that even exists? Oh, it absolutely exists. My activist role model is Jasvinder Singera. She is a forced marriage survivor from the UK who founded Karma Nirvana. It was a group, the Unchained at Last of the UK. And she was very much my role model. When I was founding Unchained at Last, I came across her story and she is just such an inspiration for me. It was a perfect, perfect example of the fact that one person can escape a forced marriage, rebuild their life, and then start an organization that helps everyone across their entire country and, and starts a movement. It was, uh, she's still my inspiration. That's amazing. I have to look her up and think, Freddie, yeah. you're that now for hundreds and thousands of other women. So it's the ripple effect. You're very kind. I don't know about that, but yes. no, no, yes, absolutely. Sure. All right. The next question is who would you most like to have dinner with? That is an easy one. Amy Schumer. Oh, mm -hmm. I want to laugh the whole time. I was going to say that'd be an entertaining dinner. Right? Is, I'm not a foodie. Foodie's not that important to me, but I, I like some good entertainment and Amy Schumer is funny, but she's also just, she's so great in how she just owns who she is as a woman unapologetically. She's really just an inspiration. And Amy, if you're listening, we need your help at Unchained at last. <laughs> I love that. We'll get this okay. Amy's people. I love that. And last question, what are you obsessed with right now? Hmm. Well, okay, this is a weird thing. During COVID, when we were all locked down and had nothing to do, I randomly bought myself a sewing machine. Hmm. I named her, I named her Coco. But yes, it's a she. It's a she sewing machine, and she is named after Coco Chanel. And I taught myself how to sew using YouTube videos. And I have become weirdly obsessed with sewing weird, unnecessary, <laughs> and sometimes necessary things. So what are you sewing right now? Like all clothes or? All different things. Right now, you can't judge me. <laughs> no, of course, no judgment. <laughs> All right. So what I'm working on right now is uh, on this vacation I'm taking, I'm going with a group of friends on this really fabulous trip. And we even have a name and a logo for the trip because there's something wrong with me. Let's <laughs> so I, I came up with a name for the trip and a logo, and I am now sewing the logo onto sweatshirts. So we all wear matching sweatshirts on our trip. And go on a vacation with you. That's such a cool idea. <laughs> we got to up our family vacation. Yeah, seriously. Well, as I told my friends, we can't just show up without matching sweatshirts like some kind of losers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Freddie, you are so incredible. Um, mm -hmm. We want everyone to learn more about Unchained at Last. We're going to include the, the, the website and your social media contacts in the show notes. Um, it's such an important cause. And we are here with you, my friend, supporting you, cheering you on. Um, we'll be here with you until all 50 states are said and done. Um, and we end mm -hmm. forced marriage in the United States. So keep going. Keep going, my friend. Um, mm -hmm. And thank you for your time today. Well, thank you. Let's make Connecticut state number eight. And then yeah. get to the rest of the U.S. 